was about four weeks ago or so. So Baron asked me if I would repeat the class to this class. And I think, Vincent, you've probably heard much of this. Yeah. Um, I've been studying out of Colossians, and this will be, let me read a couple of verses out of Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 through 23. Let no one cheat you of your reward. There are people out there that see what you have in the Lord God Almighty. And they will try to exploit that. Believe me, if they see you in a church and God is blessing you to his glory and they're seeing people come into the kingdom, oh, they may exploit that in some way. But be in prayer always. No one cheats you out of your reward. Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. Intruding into those things which he has not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not hanging or holding on fast to the head which is Christ in whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God I can't I, I can't tell you how important it is to remain in the integrity that the Holy Spirit gives you after you have received Jesus Christ. It's an awesome journey. Um, I want to start out with a brief testimony, and we'll get into this, and then I'll wind up with a, another testimony and what I want to do and what I'm hoping to do. Let me ask a question. How many new Christians are in the room? How many... Older Christians are in the room. What does mean? We're talking about how many years? How many years? I guess I'm brand new. Like four, four years? You're new. Yeah. <laughs> You're brand new. <laughs> but I'm so thankful. You're really even newer, right? Yeah, about a year. Little over a year. And I have, I have to say that you probably already have experienced the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life you have seen anything yet this one story that I'll tell and then I'll get into the lesson I was a career firefighter and paramedic I was a paramedic in Las Vegas on the strip for 24 years 30 years as a firefighter um, in 1970 May I by the grace of God found Christ and it has been a non-stop roller coaster that has just been incredibly great. I am so thankful for it because I'm finding out more and more that this is what God does to his children that truly 
want to serve him and to walk in communion with him. And I have to say this, that I may be treated by the Holy Spirit in one way, and you will be treated in another. And if we have 40 people in this room, it may be 40 different directions, 40 different kinds of gifts. But they all come together to glorify God and to edify the church. I get so excited sometimes when I go to church and I hear people like me, like you, and they say, um, did you happen to hear? <laughs> and I know what's coming. We're going to be shouting and praising God. <laughs> I got it. And, this is, and I need to say this because this is simply walking with God. I, I'm no different than you or anybody else. We all know that everybody is sinful, except that when God comes into our life, he cleanses us, and though we stumble, he picks us up. I was so tired one morning getting off of the fire department. I had gone on 26 calls during the 24-hour period. And so when 8 o'clock came in the morning, I, I, I just I went out to my truck, and I just sit there. And in a few minutes, uh, after praising God, I just thank him for bringing me through another shift. I saw some awesome things. I started the truck and I drove home. Had to go all the way down Las Vegas Boulevard South, all the way across town, and then I got home. <coughs> and I took my shoes and socks off. I took my shirt off. And I just sat down on the couch. Didn't turn on the TV or anything. And God says, put your clothes back on. I said, Lord. He said, I need you to go back down the strip. Okay. Put my shirt on and my shoes and socks. And although I, I would say this is not typical but it is typical because it, it happens in all different kinds of ways. Uh, you know, you can't say it's the same thing over and over. It's different. So I put my shirt on, socks and shoes, and I got in the truck, and he said, go down to Tropicana and I-15. So I drove all the way down, all the way across town, and he says, I want you to go to Tropicana Boulevard and Las Vegas Boulevard. Got almost, almost there. And I'm looking, there's a hundred people walking on each corner and they're crossing the street here and there. And, he's, and I said, Lord, how am I going to? And my eyes at that moment <laughs> went right to one man. And he said, pick him up. He's just standing on the corner. And so I pulled over and I rolled the window down and I said, I think you need a ride. Come on. No questions asked, he got in the car. So we're driving down Las Vegas Boulevard South, and, and I said, I can see in your eyes, and I'm not speaking just about something that I've seen. I'm speaking out of a word of knowledge. I can see in your eyes that you're really sad right now, and you're bothered by something tragic 
and he just let go. He said, I was ready to kill myself this morning. And when you came up, I was really shocked. He said, but I lost my wife. I've been a gambler. I've done some pretty horrible things. I've lost my family. And I just don't want to live anymore. And I asked him, have you ever gone to church? Have you ever spoken to God? And we're going on down Las Vegas Boulevard South, you know, headed towards North Las Vegas. And he says, no, I've never had anything to do with that. And we had gone about two miles, and there was a corner where there used to be a Chevron station. There was nothing there now but just vacant building and parking lot. So I pulled right in there. And then the Holy Ghost came in. And I just started right there with the scriptures and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he listened. And after about maybe 20 minutes, then I asked him, do you think this might be what you would like? And he says, yes, yes. And right there he received Christ. I never heard from that man again. I don't know anything about him, but God does. And he led me there for a reason. And what I'm saying to you is, in our walk with Christ, in our walk with the Holy Spirit, in our walk glorifying God the Father, because when we honor Christ, the Father is honored and he's glorified. He talks to you. He will bless you that, you, that he may be blessed. So I read that scripture to you that you might understand about our relationship now with God and it's telling us to beware because there's going to be people around us that's going to really try to tear us down. They're going to have a jealousy like you can't believe. We are in the newness of the things that Jesus Christ has given us when he fulfilled what he came to fulfill. All the old requirements, and we live in him, we acknowledge that Christ took away the old and he established the new. We are new creatures and we live with a new covenant of God. We are new creatures in Christ and we are expected to grow in our newness with Christ. And there is no reason now to live in the fashions of the world that Christ brought us out of. We are now free to walk with Christ, talk with Christ, commune with him. And at this point, I would like to attempt to tell you what I believe that that freedom entails. Psalm 42 starts out like this. As the deer pants for the water, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Has anybody ever been that thirsty for God? I've been so thirsty for water up deer hunting or something, and he's given me a comparison. Can I thirst for my God like that? That's what he's talking about here. I believe King David had a 
a thirst for God. I believe Daniel had a thirst for God like that. And I have, I have seen people in our churches that I just had to look at and say, Oh, Father, I want to be like that. I want to have that hunger, that thirst. And God has given it to me. I have tried to talk to some people. And what I'm about to say is something that you cannot talk to just anybody about. But only if you know someone who has a heart like the deer panting for the coolness of the water in the brook. But this is some of what I have observed today in our churches and in our church society. Christ can be received by people coming to the altar and even shed tears of joy about what they have found in Christ. But oftentimes it would appear that no special love for him has been created in their hearts because the evil one creates distractions like you can't believe. We can be so distracted They listen to teachers. These teachers will say, you need to be content with what you have, and even if it's little. And so in their worship, there's not love. There's no thirsting for God. And if you ask most of these Christians, well, what did you read in the Bible this week? Very often you will hear, well, I really don't read the Bible all that often. In church? These are people who come regularly but rarely read the Bible. So, if I ask many Christians to tell me what they know about God, things that I have never heard, oh, he's a real person. Oh, his son is a real person. And they have true feelings. And you might hear, Oh, I never hear from God. I, I really don't think that you can expect to hear from God. He won't interact with you. I just don't believe that. Okay. I know this. And I declare it to everyone who has an ear to hear. God is an intimate God. And he wants an intimate communion with his children. And if you don't have that kind of relationship with God, pray to him. Get on your knees and ask him to show you his glory. And he will. He will. He may have to prepare you for it because you're probably not going to be ready for it. Maybe I need to look a little farther, but I sometimes judge things by what I see and maybe I do that too often but I just do not see what the Sermon on the Mount says when it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness do you look around and see that I see it in Vincent when tonight I've seen it in you <laughs> I am so thankful for that Where's the love of God like the hunger that we would expect to see? Uh, these people that I see oftentimes are so hungry for the word of God. You can see it. 
and you can hear it and you can feel it as they talk. But I have, for the most part, only seen that in young, born-again, fresh Christians. And I'm sorry for that. I am so sorry for that because your life in Jesus Christ can grow and grow and grow. And I have to say, I believe even Moses and even Daniel, even King David, they had riches in fellowship with God. And they lived with him for years and years. If we want that, we can have it. Moses said, God, show me your glory. He was bold, but God gives us that same boldness. We can come before him and freely, and I truly believe that God will show you at least a part of his glory. Now, how can I say this? God speaks to us in our spirit. We have in us a spirit that cannot die. All people are born with an image of God in them, and that image has the ability to communicate with God, whether with the Holy Spirit or with Christ. The spirit and the soul cannot die. That's a part of the image that God gives us. And I have seen very few people that truly understand that. They'll say, well, I've heard that God created man in his image, but that left thousands of years ago. Really? That spirit will live forever because it is God-breathed, and that breath of God created that life. It cannot die. It's a part of God. He lives forever. We have within us a part of our spirit that will live forever. And if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe you all have, we have a special place in heaven that we will rejoice someday. The Bible says that we will be known as we are known. I believe that. The scripture says, This is eternal life, that we might know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You can ask me a hundred times, how do I know he speaks to me? And I can only say to you that I have experienced it many, many times, but it is an experience that I cannot explain to you. I can't even put words to it. But it is a conscious, personal awareness and when I use the word personal, it is so very personal and it is so very real. I was praying one evening to God about someone that I had been praying for. And this person was experiencing deep, deep depression. And I said to God, I, I don't even know what real depression is. So I really don't know how to pray to you, Father. Not for this fellow who, who just, he just languishes in bed. And at that very moment I can't tell you but whether in my mind or in a dream I was laying on my bed and everything around me started becoming darker and darker and heavy and heaviness started to settle in over me and it just got pressure on me and I felt alone and horribly depressed and I, I kept getting this 
horrible, horrible feeling, and, and, and it's darker, and even though I could see things well enough, there was no color, only white and black, but very little white. A better word would be very little light. But the heaviness just kept getting worse until I cried out, Father! And instantly I was right back where I was, talking to God, saying, I don't even know how to pray for this man because I don't even know what depression is. He showed me exactly what he was going through. That's communion with God. We are made in His image. And because of that, we have the capacity to know Him. And when we become born again, the Holy Spirit of God brings us into a life having the ability to communicate with Him. And it can really be an incredible eye-opening experience. This is how I know how the prophets of God of the holy men who walked in power and felt God's presence. And I, I, I know that this is how they could say from experience. And he could look at anyone and say, Do you not fear God? That's powerful. Fear should be instilled in every born-again person because God is a holy and awesome God and He can take our breath at a moment of a twinkling of an eye, instantly, if He would. He loves us so much, though, that He wants to build us up. And I want to say this. When you have a communion with God, it is a most wonderful, wonderful Rest in Him. Without this born-again experience, we cannot see the kingdom of God. But if you want to touch a part of, of heaven, then go before God with a clean heart, not a heart that's distracted with many things, but a heart that has been in communion with God, and you can taste His presence, and then ask Him to show you His glory. He may just give you special eyes to see, a special heart that can love and feel and taste what God may show you. Now, I want to go back to where I started. It's a, it's a sad thing that so very many people come to the Lord Jesus, but because of distractions of life, they may come to church every Sunday, even for the rest of their lives, but they may never taste of his goodness. Christ gives that with a very caring heart to those who call on him. And I personally believe it is there for every believer who has this Psalm 42 panting of the deer at the cool water. When you can yearn for God with this kind of love, your life will be changed forever. Colossians 2, 20 and 23. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of this world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject 
yourselves to regulations. Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. When I said while ago, look around you and look that you're not distracted because that's exactly what he's talking about here. That slewfoot, that devil, he sees you and he says, I've got to put a stop to that. They're taking too many people and, and taking them to the kingdom of God. And he will try everything he possibly can to get you distracted. You can be a mother and suddenly your child is facing a horrible, horrible sickness. All of a sudden your job can be taken away from you. But you are distracted to the point to where, where's your joy now? Where is your peace now? Believe me, I have heard these stories over and over. And so I asked them, can I pray with you now? Because if you've lost your joy in Christ, I have joy. And we will go before the Father. Before we're through here, we will pray that God gives you back your peace no matter what you're going through. Because if you're walking in Christ, I don't care what's thrown at you. How can anyone take your joy the joy that passes all understanding, the peace that passes all. We can't even understand it or comprehend it. God gives that to us freely. It costs Christ a lot. We don't want to give that up. Not against old Slewfoot when he's coming at us. Stand firm. I guarantee you, all you have to do is just command him to go. You've got more authority than he does because you have the authority and the power of Jesus Christ in you. I have seen, just like daylight, night and day, when I would be distracted like this. And I would say, Father, I think I know what the answer is now. And then I would command him, Devil, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave me now and my family. Never come back. Oh, he's going to come back. But that power of Christ that he gives you right now, he has to go. He has no power over you. And for a moment, you can breathe. And you say, oh, Father, thank you. And just breathe that air, that fresh, fresh air, that moment of peace where you're not so distracted with that horrible, horrible challenge. For instance, if, if Christ died for us, why would we pray to anyone else except the Father in Christ's name. While in the rescue unit, I would go to, to homes that the person would be dying, and I would, I would personally, I'm not a Catholic, but I'd give them last rites, and I'd pray for their soul. And someone would come up, and they would say, oh, thank you, thank you, and, and it was apparent that I was gonna see another heart attack. And yet, because of what we did, I would look at them and say, I've commended your husband to God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you a priest? I would say yes. But not a priest like they would. We are all priests. I would do that over and over and over, and I would avert 
attacks and, and things that could have, and the Holy Spirit nailed me, he hit me like that, and he says, Bob, you're deceiving these people. And I was, because I was not a Catholic. And they would look at me as if I were when I would say that I was a priest. And so I went over to the Catholic Church and I personally knew Father Kenny and I said, I need to talk to you. He did something that I've never heard anybody ever doing before in the Catholic Church. I said, sir, I have been deceiving your people. And most everywhere I went, this was the people that would go to his church. He sat there and he listened. 15 minutes he listened of all these examples where I, I had deceived these people. And I said, I'm sorry, but the Holy Spirit has convicted me that this is what I had to do. He says, well, we can fix that. He gets this bottle of olive oil, he comes around the back and he anoints me to do exactly what I'm doing. And then he gave me a hundred cards and he says, just pass these out. And so I would pass out these cards with Father Kenny's name on it and said, he's given me the authority. I know who gave me the authority. It was Jesus Christ. But how could I communicate to these people who were in a different world? When they have this picture of Christ on the, you know, on the wall, right, you know it belongs to a Catholic. They have their own paintings and their own <laughs> pictures. That tells me when I see that picture, I'm in a Catholic home. And then they would say things like, well, little Joe went to be with the Lord last year, and so we prayed to him today. There's no authority there. So I would tell them that I have prayed and commended him to God or her or whatever. And Father Kenny was so gracious. But I've never heard of that before. I know that some people get absolutely, totally upset if we don't pray for food. The scripture says pray for your food. Pray for the things that you get. I've seen people get totally upset if they bring a cup of coffee into the sanctuary. You are, you are tearing down God's sanctuary. Let's be reasonable. You know, I love these children. Bring the oranges. Come on, kids. I mean, we walk in a spiritual light around God. That orange is not going to do one thing. It's going to change anything. Am I on holy ground? Yes. Bring the oranges. I'm still on holy ground. Jesus Christ has made it holy. Wherever we walk, if I walk outside, we're walking on holy ground because this is where my Lord resides. The Holy Spirit of God lives right here. And everywhere I go, He's there. I'd like to finish up with a story. And it's also walking with the Lord with great Expect expectancy. 
when I get up in the morning, I've been doing this for years, since May of, of 1970. Father, what an incredible morning this is. I don't know what you have for me today, but I know it's going to be great. And I was at the fire station this morning after I had already gotten out of bed and, and came to work. And it wasn't maybe an hour after I'd been there. And we got called to an old outdoor theater. Might have heard, you might have heard this story. And there were people already there. And there was this young kid, probably about the same age as maybe a year older. And he had his hand up in this Coke machine and a lever had come down and literally wedged his arm to where he could not bring it out. And it was cold from here, uh, very cold. When we got there, there was already eight or 10 people around the ambulance had beat us there. We were halfway across town trying to get here. And so my partner and I just kind of put our equipment on the ground and we're just watching about to see what's going on. And I'm praying, Father, if we can do anything to your glory, let it be. And they worked and they worked and somebody came in with Vaseline and, and they did whatever they could do and it just that hand just would not come out and he's starting to cry and he says, my hand is cold. And it can be dangerous. You can get frostbite. And a man cranked up this big metal cutting machine and he comes over here and is scaring this little kid really bad. That's scaring me. And he's got this big cutter and he's gonna cut through the metal of this machine. You don't do that. They've got four layers of, of metal here and one of them is a quarter inch thick. You're not gonna cut through that. And if you do, it's gonna take forever. And I said, stop. And in Las Vegas, the fire department on these kinds of scenes, except for crimes, we had sole authority. I did not exert my authority until then. <laughs> and I said, stop, <laughs> gee, everybody just turned and looked like, who is he? I said, please back up. And so I told my partner, I said, don't let anybody come over where I'm at. So they all backed off. I went over, <laughs> and I knelt down. This isn't part of my problem. I get so emotional. And I knelt down to him, and I said, how are you doing, buddy? And he said, I'm really cold. And I said, do you believe that Jesus can help you? Yes. <laughs> so I said, okay, I want to pray with you right now. Put my hand up in, as far as it would go. If it was blocked, it would stop. And we just prayed, and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it just came out. 
and everybody. Did you say? Did you? <laughs> and I picked him up, took him over to the ambulance, and I said, "I need a, I need a hot pack now." Nobody had a hot pack, but I did in the ambulance. So we got the hot pack, and I wrapped it up around him, and it started feeling pretty good for him. And I called for his mom, and she came over. And I had a another paramedic come over and, and examine his hand to see if it was necessary that he needed to go to the hospital. It looked like the color was coming back really well, and temperature was coming back really well. There didn't seem to be any damage. And so his mother took him home. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is walking with Christ is like a fairy tale sometimes. It's not a fairy tale. It is a war. And it is a battle against principalities in the air. But you're so much stronger than they are. If you live on the word, confess the word to anything that's going on, you're not stronger than me by the grace of God. Christ gives you these things. That's why your, your story is the story unlike anybody else. But what I want you to know is this, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe we are commissioned by God to make an extension of the book of Acts. <coughs> the book of Acts followed all of the gospel, followed all of Paul's teachings, and then the book of Acts tells the story about how God was spread to the nations and some of the things that the people did. I have heard it over and over and over. Well, you don't see any miracles. You want to see something in the back of my Bible? 36 miracles. 36 miracles that I have seen over the years that God has given me three pages. <laughs> That's your story too. And you need to go about saying, Father, can I be an extension of the book of Acts? Will the Holy Spirit guide me into whatever it is that you have? Because the, the scripture says it is the Holy Spirit that gives whom he wills the gifts. Are there any questions at all? You want to come up and pray for the group? Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are a personal God, that you love us, Father God, and not with just some <laughs> future love or some, some love high above us, Father God, but a love that is, that is personal, that is individual, Lord, and that you have for us in order for us to just show your glory. And so, Lord, we thank you for Bob and his testimony of who you are and what, what you've done in his life, Father God. 
And, uh, Father, his words have stirred up my heart and, and brought back to my remembrance all the amazing things I've seen you do. And so, Lord, as we, as we leave here tonight, I ask that you would put a weight, a burden on the heart of everyone here, yes. that they would seek you and that they would pant for you, Father God, like, <laughs> like a deer thirsting for water, and that they may know you more, Father God. It's never enough, Lord. It's ne- it's, there's always more of you to know. And so we thank you and we ask, Lord Jesus, come, reveal yourself to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother.